Well, hello, listeners. We're back for this week's overtime episode with the Taylor family where we continue our discussion with them. Tune on in. Check. 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 Welcome to the show. This is Between Two Beards Podcast. I'm your host, Brock. I'm your other host, Mike. And we are the beards that you are between. I like that. Early, like we were, she was talking about earlier how like uh, she didn't know some of those things. I was very closed off um, with a lot of things in my life. Uh, I grew up in a house where my mom was 19 and my dad was 20 when they got married. Um from the very beginning, my dad fooled around on my mom mm. from like moment one. Um, I think he got married because his mom, it was like, it was, he was an only child. And I think like he knew for his mom, he needed to find a wife and get married. Um, so he got married and a year later, uh, my mom was 20 uh, and she had my brother in 1971. And so that was before any testing or anything like that. So when my mom had, had my brother he came out uh and she knew something was wrong like by the way everything everybody was reacting um and so she he had he was born with down syndrome so she was 20 and had a down syndrome child mm-hmm. which is super rare uh for somebody that young um it's you know obviously when it's older that's more common but so she had a 20 she was 20 had a down a child with down syndrome and she had a husband that was cheating on her every moment he had had every opportunity he had and so i came we i was born five years later and then my sister too and so our whole life was my dad would leave and he would come back and he would leave and he would come back and we knew he had a girlfriend and then his girlfriend like was gone so then he would talk his way back into the house so like that was my life growing up and i mean listening to this podcast it's like there's so many bad dads like as men like we need we need to be better um and and it's so i didn't learn uh, how to be a man I didn't know no one taught me how to be a man like no one taught me how to to mm-hmm. be a dad or told me how to be a husband like my example was terrible um, my uncle who owns the own the business that I own now he he didn't come into my like he was around like we had family get-togethers but like he didn't come into my life until I was almost 18 like he didn't because he saw he saw where I was heading and and uh, I think he realized like I gotta I gotta do something so he just he just came to me one day and he said, hey, Monday, it was a Friday. He said, Monday, I'm picking you up and you're going to start working for me. <laughs> and he's a big dude. And he was a police officer. And as a little kid, I just remember him coming to my grandparents' house with like the sh- shiny patent leather black shoes and the gun on his belt. <laughs> right. And I was just like, so when he said, I'm picking you up on Monday and you're coming to work, like I was like, okay. And it's, you really didn't even know him. No, I didn't really know him that well. Mom's brother. Um, so, because my brother. mom is eight years eight years younger than her than than he is, so um, he he wasn't the best example of of how to be a husband or a dad either. But he what he did teach me is how to work. Like he was a worker and he taught me how to work. And so, like moving into a, into a, into a marriage, like I didn't know 
I didn't know, right? Mm-hmm. I was 21. I didn't, I didn't know how to be a husband. Um, so there was a lot of, but I kept, so when I was 16, my dad left for the last time. Like, and it, it was, I was kind of like, I was the middle child, but you know, my brother having the special needs that he had, it was more like I was the older child. And I remember saying to my mom, like, cause she was a doormat. Like she was relying on my dad for income. Uh, he was the one that worked and she took care of, she worked part-time at a, a preschool, but that's because that's where she could have my brother growing up until he went off to, uh, he was kind of one of the first kids in our school that was mm-hmm. mainstreamed. Um, but she she was relying on him for everything and i remember being 16 and saying to my mom mom like if you let him back in here again like i i i will never respect you because he is walking all over everybody and he was just always about himself and it was always what he wanted and like his he would have vacation time at work and he would take it to go do things with other people um do what he wanted to do he really liked community theater so he did all kinds of community theater stuff and like i i he worked second and third shift too so like i never saw him like he was never he lived in our house but i never had a relationship with him Mm. so i go into a marriage and i just i was so angry so angry for so long um and it just ate me up inside but i didn't i never wanted to let anyone know like i just um i just kept it bottled up because that's the only thing that's the only I could control that and I that's the struggle that I still have that Christ is working on me today with like I have a I struggle with control mm-hmm. like letting it up and and uh so for people who do, who've known me a long time they're like to see me mm-hmm. and what I and how vulnerable I am now it's like wait what like because that's not who I was uh, Christ has changed that in me so much. Um, it's just, it's amazing what what he he'll do if we allow him to do it, uh-huh. if we get out of the way sometimes. And yeah. um, so I was closed off for a really long time. And so we went to church. That's uh, at the church she grew up, and then we moved to Philly. It was like the next step that Christ took in my life. Like, okay, these people are a little bit more on fire. Uh, it's still a very relaxed church. It wasn't, people weren't putting their hands in the air. And I often think it was, it was like right around the corner from the house, we, the condo we bought. So oh, it's, wow. it's just how, you know, it's just amazing when you really take the time to look at your life and how God just arranges everything. Yep. Um, I mean, sometimes it doesn't seem like it at the time, but yeah. that put us in a really great um, church community at that time in our lives you know we were living Mm -hmm. away from family and we were in our 20s and we were you know adopting kids in early 30s and that that church family just great they they wrapped around us and we became very active there at that church and that was the first that was my first experience in a church where it wasn't church centered it was outward centered and so it really changed it changed like I always felt like this doesn't seem right like if but I didn't know enough about what I didn't know enough about what was in God's word because I didn't spend any time in it but it just felt wrong like it was all like yeah it was just all about okay well we're here all right let's pat ourselves on the back 
and and that church has its purpose like for certain people christian club yeah it was a club and then right. so this this was like they were doing re at this new church they were doing relay for life and then people were bringing in furniture and we had storage units and we would help try to find people in the community that needed furniture and this is like oh it was on fire like there was something starting to change really in me mm -hmm. about about it and, and they uh, partnered with us in helping with the orphanage yeah so yeah we had a, like a, every year we would do a chicken barbecue and we'd sell like four or five hundred tickets and um, we give half the money to one thing and half it to another. And the church said, we want to give it to the orphanage. So we, it would all rally around that. And so it was just, it was an awesome place and a stepping stone. And then when we moved back, so we lived down there. And then 2007-ish, uh, um, Jen's like, after we came home with Natalia, and we made the big decision that I would leave my job after the first one, the second one, Jen's like, hey, I've been thinking, which is never good for me. It's never good. She goes, I just... <laughs> so when we were in Columbia in 2005, my grandfather passed away while we were there. And so that was a big impact because he was like that one male in my life. He was a very quiet man. He wasn't very outspoken. Um, but he was that constant in my life of a male. And so, like, he, my, my love for sports came from him because I would go there and we'd watch sports all day long mm. together on Saturday and Sunday. And uh, so he passed away, which was hard. And then in 2007, when we went for Natalia, Jen's grandfather <laughs> passed away while we were there for that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's so very odd. odd. That yes. is odd. Yeah. And my but, grandfather but, was... Yeah, he was a great human being. Today he would have been 103. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so so. He, he, was a, he was a great... He's a great role model. Uh, and he's a great. He was a great man, and so many that, ways. I think my grandfather. I idolized him, or I just looked up to him so much. And there's so many th ways that Chad. Chad is my grandfather in so many ways. Like I feel <laughs> like just the the character and the integrity. Yeah. yeah. That's that's kind of funny. So yeah, when he <laughs> passed away, it was one of those moments where it was like, okay, another moment. Like, what are you doing all this for? So we're Jen says, like, I was thinking, and I'm like, oh no, I was. She goes, I think, I think we need to move home. And I was like, are you insane? <laughs> like, I finally got, like, I left my job. I finally got this business build up. And it's like, what are you talking about? I'm never going to go. I'm going to start another business. I'm I, I never going to get a job back there making what we make here and you make. Like, this, this seems absurd. And we had just bought a house, too. Oh, and it was yeah. in 2006, <laughs> right before everything was about yeah. to crash. Right. Oh, so wow. 2007, we come home, and we're like, no. But it's the more it happened, like which I was like, oh, okay, well, hi, well God, God, if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, then you it, can it do it. It all everything. God had laid it all out for us to move home, and then after we got because then the person who was gonna buy our house that fell through, and wow. and um, my car, the transmission died, like every, and he was still winding down his business, mm -hmm. so we were separated for like a few months. I was living, mm -hmm. I was sleeping in my parents' living room, yeah. so we were just. First, we're just going to move into my parents' house for about six months, yeah. uh, just till we, you know, till it all worked out where we could sell the other house. And well, the and housing market went in the t tank in 2008, so we got stuck with the house. We still own it. We today. still own it <laughs> by, by, God's, God. by God's grace. But yeah. we, uh, so we, but before that. So we're like, ah, how are we going to move home? Like, this isn't going to work. And we came home, and we had all the birthday parties here because everyone lived up here, my family, her mm -hmm. family. So we had Diego's birthday party. And at the birthday party, my Uncle Jack said, hey, I just I want you to know. I don't want you to hear it from somebody else, but um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to 
start looking to have somebody to sell but the business. But that was prior. That was one of the things that made us move home. Right. That well, was no, no that was, yeah, so yeah, backing up. Prior. So he was like, I'm going to, I think I'm going to sell the business, but I wanted you to hear it from me. I didn't want it to from anyone else. So I get in the car on the way home back to Philly, and I said, well, you're never going to believe this, but uh, <laughs> so Uncle Jack said he's going to sell the business. So we talked about, like, maybe that's what we're supposed to move home, like I'm supposed to move home and take over that. And uh, and so we thought about it, and then we came back at Christmas time, and I said to him, we talked, like, yeah, okay, this is what we're going to do. And I said, listen, 2007 Christmas, I said, if you'd be willing, I, I would like to buy it. Hmm and we'll move home I said but the problem is we can't move until Jen gets a job because she has all the insurance she has everything so it could be a year it could be three years I don't know he said well I'll wait whatever it is I'll wait if I know you're gonna because I want I want to sell it to you so a couple months go by she tells her principal, hey, I just want you to know, I don't want to be caught off caught off guard if this happens. So I, I had been teaching there, it was 10 years, 10 years. when what I left. What school district did you teach in? Park Yeoman Valley. Okay, that's what I thought it was over there. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so I I had said to him, listen, I, I really, I think we're going to probably be leaving. I mean, I love this school, I love everything, but um, I want to move back towards the family. Like, why do we have two children and we have grandparents we could mm. use and abuse? Yeah, we sure did. We moved in, so. which was for six months, turned into three years. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, so she she comes she so she tells him, and then like one day in like March maybe. Yeah. March or April? No, it was May because yeah, it was right it was before. Later. Yeah, it was later. He said, I I just got this thing in my mailbox. Is Central Columbia, is that anywhere close to where your family lives? I'm like, well, it's Bloomsburg. I mean, kind of close to Lewisburg. Uh -huh. And at that time, um, I I hadn't been on a job interview in 10 years. Like, yeah. I didn't know what to do to apply to a public mm. school. And I called at that time. Harry Mathias was the superintendent at Central. And I called him like, um, I saw that the deadline's like tomorrow. Is there any way I could still apply for this job? And He's like, yeah, sure, just do this, this, and this. And I quickly hustled to get everything sent in and had a, an interview, and they asked me to come back and teach a lesson. And then they said, well, we have these other people that are going to come back, but we'll, um, we'll, let you, we'll let you know. And then on our anniversary, oh. our 10-year anniversary, wow. June, June 13th, Mr. Matthias called me on the phone and said, we'd like to offer you the job. And so I called Chad, and I'm like, are we doing this? Like, <laughs> and he's like, yeah. let's do it. Yeah. And so that's when we were like, we'll do it. We, we, uh, for those 10 years, everything we had kind of built that, you know, I think in, mm. in our old lives, we would have said it was everything. Mm. It was all gone. And we mm -hmm. all, we started over. Yeah, we did. Majorly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we moved home and. I took it like a thirty thousand dollar pay cut. Yeah. Oh, of course you did. <laughs> Absolutely did. Yeah. yeah. And I went from to zero. But yeah. it was. Because uh, then his uncle didn't retire. Yeah. So we moved home, and my uncle, all of a sudden, now he had a guy that could do a lot of stuff, and he realized, well, I don't really need to retire. And so. <laughs> yeah, so two thousand eight to two thousand two thousand eleven, I worked for him, but like, he was older. He was in his sixties. And he's like, I don't need to work this much. And I'm like, uh, but I do because I need to make some money yeah. or I'm going to live with my in-laws for the rest of my life. <laughs> and I love them, but it's time to go. Yeah, so I, I ended up 
saying, hey, this is either this or that. And, and he's like, well, I, 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 I'm just not ready. I have to do this before I can retire. And I said, okay, but I have to go get a full-time job because I can't live with my own. It's not fair to them. It's not fair to my family. And he said, well, all right, whatever you have to do. And so I got a job working at Garvey's uh, Flooring, and uh, which, man, I didn't want to do it. But in hindsight, it was like one of the best things that's ever happened to mm-hmm. God. That was one of those God moments. Uh, God said, no, you need to go work there for a little bit. And so I worked mm-hmm. there. And then after about five or six months of my uncle being by himself, he was like, hey, I, I want to sell this. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> and I'm like, I understand. But, you know, Tom had made me at that time, Tom made me the manager at the Lewisburg store. Mm-hmm. And uh, he and I said, hey, I, he, I, Tom, like I can finances were rough. And I, he said, like, listen, I'll, I'll you tell me what what you need and I told him he said all right I'll make you manager at Lewisburg store and that was in a time in our life where we used to have all kinds of money and then we had none well I mean not not all kinds kinds, but like in comparison sure we were really smart about our savings and then when you own a house and you don't have tenants or we had terrible you know and then we're living with my parents i took a thirty thousand dollar pay cut but we thought no big deal he'll make it up with buying the business we didn't buy the business i mean we were we were we were comfortable we had lived a comfortable life right and And we were close to going bankrupt wow you know that by the grace of god like every month i mean that's where you know god's um the calculator doesn't make sense when God is in charge Amen. because yeah. somehow every month we would make it. Make and it I plan, have n- yeah. no idea how to this. I mean, the month, the numbers never made sense, but we'd make it and we'd make it to another yeah. month where we didn't have to. I mean, it, well, for three years when we lived with my parents, we put all of our food on a charge card mm-hmm. because there was no other way. Like we, yeah. Yeah. it was it was pretty so, it was pretty dark i mean yeah, there were times where i was like maybe i misunderstood god i really thought <laughs> you wanted me to move i thought we we were supposed to move right i thought we were supposed to go home to family i i, I definitely got this wrong mm. yeah but it was three then years you, living in my parents basement and uh and you look at the story of joseph and you think uh yeah like, right know, i got thrown in a well like what's going on here like uh yeah what yeah. was his dream? Was and so, yeah, it was in his time. redemption. And so He's we moved redeemer. home. And so I worked for Garby's, and that was August. My uncle said, hey, I'm ready to, middle of August or something, I'm ready to sell, I, I, you know, tomorrow if you're ready. And I said to him, like, I will, but it can't be until January 1st. Like, Tom took care of me, and he offered me this, and I'm not just going to up and quit. Like, that's not fair to him. Like, he put all his trust in me to run that store, um, we have to find somebody else, and I and I need to train whoever it is. So I went to Tom, and I said, "Listen, Tom, this is this this is the deal." Um, but doing that, making that right decision, uh, I can't tell you how many times a week I get a phone call and says, "Garvey's told us to call you." <laughs> yeah. Wow. And, nice. And most people I've talked to that have worked at, like Tom is Tom's a tough guy. Like he's a tough. I mean, he runs a business and he's he's tough and uh people are like when people leave there he they're like dead to him so the mm-hmm. fact that he like he calls me like we have a great relationship and but yeah that was one of those like god was like no you need to be there and there's a reason for it i need you to be patient uh in hindsight you see it at the moment in the time i was like oh, 
But God, God gave us little glimpses when Tom was like, nope, okay, I'll take care of you. I'll put you in the Lewisburg store. You're going to do this. Like, God, well, God yeah, gave us like bits. A little bit of salary increase yeah. to, like, let us catch our breath. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so in 2012, I ultimately ended up buying the business. And uh, it was worked out for the best because then my uncle was totally done. Yeah. And he was out. And, mm-hmm. um, like, everything I know, he taught me. Like, um and he was a great he was a great teacher he taught me how to do it he taught me how to be on time taught me all those things but it was uh we moved home and we were going to buy the business six months and it was a little over it was like almost four it was four three and a half almost three and a half years yeah yeah things Mm. happen for us and like whenever we make a big move it's kind (laughs) of like there's this pattern of three three years but yeah it was like we moved home Mm. and i think I moved home right when the Phillies won the World Series in 2008. You were there, right? The day before. It was my last day in the house. I sat on a lawn chair and a little TV, and I watched the Phillies win the World Series. I was against the Rays. (laughs) Yeah, and then the next day I moved. I was – Packed, had the U-Haul packed and moved home. And well, you didn't move home yet. You were, were no. You, that's when I oh, moved you home. You had moved oh, home right. earlier. I moved out in August. Yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah, we. Uh, it's it's a crazy thing. And then we ended up buying the house next to the school. That's a whole nother story because we had no money and we bought that in a silent bid. Oh my! And we bought it and we mm-hmm. gutted it and started over. So that's a whole nother story for a whole mm-hmm. nother chapter and probably. But through it Other. all, God is God is keeps showing Himself and revealing Himself to us, and and so faithful. Yeah, so faithful and major redeemer. Um, <laughs> but we we so ultimately it led us. So we moved. So we moved over here because our plan was <laughs> to live in Lewisburg because that's where yeah. we were born and raised. Uh, that's where we wanted the kids to go to school. And mm-hmm. Scott had a different plan, he, and so ma- that's why I think we didn't get the business right away because he needed us and wanted us to be over here. Mm-hmm. And so, because we were, she was going to commute back and forth to Central. Yeah, I commuted for three years. And uh, wow, so, so and that was just, and I had realized like I knew I had always been very involved in the schools that I taught in, and then you know having children, I'm like, there's no way I can do both. I can't be involved in my school community, which is in Bloomsburg and my children's community that's in Lewisburg like maybe we should move over there yeah well that was the point that was the point where like they moved to the house that we're living in now in when I was in first grade so Mm -hmm. I started off my first grade year at Central so you were in kindergarten yeah yeah that was that was like the I mm -hmm. think when they started realizing like oh like we need to make this decision kind of soon because like yeah. We don't want to uproot, and we want to have. And the house was just a complete. I mean, the school district was selling it. I had no idea that it was the school district owned it, uh-huh. and uh, it was actually I was having some health issues. I was going through a lot of like had a lot of dizziness, and so Chad was actually had to drive me to school a few times because uh-huh. I wasn't feeling well. And uh, we, I saw that the house was for sale just because I was standing outside waiting for him to pick me up, and hmm. then. That's when we realized, like, oh, the school's selling it, and it's crazy. We mm-hmm. we bought it for a really good price, although <laughs> it wasn't in really good shape. Uh-huh. But <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. So when, when God redeems moved, all things. Yeah. So when house. we moved home originally in 2008, we started went back to the church that we were married in, mm-hmm. and they I was asked to be on the the consistory there, and. It just didn't, it wasn't right. Like we were, we kept trying to make it work. And like, I kept thinking, okay, I got to get these people, like I, 
but that's what was my mentality at that point. Like, I got to get these people. To, it's got to be outside. It's got to be outside. We can't be worried about this church. We got to be worried about missions. We got to be outreaching to the community. We got to be doing these things. And I kept pounding and pounding and pounding, and no one wanted to move. And Jen was finally like, we need to find a new church. Yeah, he was definitely wanting to stay there, and I was like, I think it's time to mm-hmm. let I mean, we were married in that church. So that's the church that yeah. you know I could pretty much grew up in, and I was like, it's time. We need, we're, we're dying here. Like, we, yeah. our children need yeah. to know um, a Christian community. And so. So, yeah. And I was kind of, I don't want to say checking out, but I was kind of like on this spot where I was like, I, I had, I was leery of church. Like, what the church, I, I knew it was starting to know more about what the, what God's word said, but. I was still like, oh, but this doesn't seem right. <laughs> like, it just doesn't seem right. Like, that doesn't seem like the stuff I'm reading. So I was kind of hesitant on like, well, what are we even, like, do we find another church or we do figures? What are, what are, what are we going to do? And so Don Price, his daughter, oldest daughter, um, Erica was in, uh, in Jen's class. And mm-hmm. somehow it came up and Jen's like, well, where do you go to church? And she told her. And so I was working one Sunday. Um, and Jen and the kids came, uh, and it was funny because the very first Sunday, Ed was actually up front. I thought Ed was the pastor <laughs> because it okay. was the day where they were talking about yeah. Rwanda. They were wow. talking about this City of Joy. really going to come full circle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, was I, we went to the church and I, I remember singing, doing, you know, the praise and worship and that, you know, I, I grew up with hymns. And I love them. Um, so I had never really been, I've never, I'd been to a church where there was like a band and not an <laughs> organ. <laughs> so I was like. These people are crazy. I mean, and I had listened to, I had always, I had listened to contemporary Christian music on the radio and everything, but I had never been in a church that that was the worship style. So, but I remember standing and just like crying mm. with my two babies beside me and Chad uh. wasn't there. And mm. I was just like. I, I I felt so connected, and I came home to Chad, and I'm like, you need to go. You need to go to this church because mm. they have a thing in Africa. I mean, oh, wow. You know, like, they, they, they yeah. care. Mm. They don't just, like, go downtown and give out stuff to the people on Market Street. Like, they go to Africa. Yeah. Like, I think you're really going to like it. Like, can we please just go there? Can you just give it a try? Yeah. Because he was also – we had once gone to a church – back in our early days. So when we that, were looking for our church outside of Philly, we went yeah. to this church, and it was a Methodist church, but not the Methodist but, I knew. Right. But it was <laughs> and, like a church uh, like out with the contemporary Christian music. And they're like was, waving their hands. And, and we were like, like I was Whoa. like sitting there. I was like sweating. I was like, this needs to be over now. I was used to my organ and my hymns. And, and Chad was like, what is going on? I'm like, maybe it's a special Sunday. Yeah. She was trying everything. I was like... <laughs> I'm so such I an was, optimist. Yeah, I was. Yeah. <laughs> but I was. I was. A, so I was a little afraid when I came. I mean, I had just like that's when Chad hadn't even really gotten on board with listening to like WGRC. Yet. Oh man. Because I was listening to WGRC every mm. every day driving to school. Like that was what was my lifeline driving back and forth. Uh-huh. And so I would share with him, you know, I was being like, listen to this song. Like, it's a really good song. And so, mm-hmm. you know, and then, um, so I was a little concerned when we went to, when we came here to BCC with the praise and worship. I'm like, 
he might be terrified. I was, <laughs> unco- I was uncomfortable when I did. Yeah, I was like, he might be a little scared. Um, this is so funny so, for me now to, to hear that because yeah. It, yeah, you don't right? seem that way at all. Anyway. No. No, so well, and that's just, it's, it's just crazy how, you know, God can just work so much in your heart and, you know, Jesus yeah. makes you fall in love with him, you know? It's just like yeah. you just fall in love with yeah, so we started we started coming and it was just like uh, the people. It was the people here were just I don't know, they were something different. I could feel it and I knew it and they were welcoming and inviting and encouraging uh in ways that I hadn't seen in the church before. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. in some ways in our church outside of Philly was that was that way. They were very encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um but it it was it was different and um yeah, I started to be like, okay. And Jesus was working on my heart. He kept changing. Like, he started working me through some issues that I was struggling with. Um, and I remember, I think, the moment that my life really started to change, that I realized, like, that that God flipped the switch, and it, it was like, okay, like, now. It's, now is the time. Like, you have a story and you need to, and I was, no one ever knew anything about me. Like I was always super closed off. So, um, one Christmas, probably 2014 ish. Um, Eric had a thing on Christmas Eve and we had like sandwich boards and you wrote, how's Jesus chip? Like you would write whatever you wanted to write. How did you, what has Jesus done for you? Hmm. I'm going to cry just thinking about it. And, uh, I wrote, Jesus allowed me to forgive, and on the back, we flipped it over, someone who walked out when I was 16. Mm. And I told her I was going to do it, and she was like, what? Because, <laughs> can I just rewind yeah. in a little comic relief here? So, at our old church, we did, like, the Advent wreath, uh-huh. and a family would light an mm. Advent wreath, and everybody would say something. And, you know, I, my dad my dad sings in the choir and everything he's not shy and i'm not shy so we would take on the speaking parts my mom would almost like just she would light the candle and she would almost throw up and chad's job was to say i light the angel's candle and he was like that christmas he was losing his mind at how nervous yeah i remember doing it and like everything going black and i thought it was actually gonna pass and that's all i had to say i light the The angel's candle candle. we we still quote that to this day whenever dad screws up we just go I light the angel's candle. (laughs) Because it was just so crazy. Like, he was so terrified to get up in front of the church body. And, like, even, like, my mom as well. And now my mom, you know, she leads a Bible study. And, you know, and Chad gets up and speaks. Yeah, and I just, that was one of those I could, I was, I had the Holy, I could feel the Holy Spirit saying, you need to do this. So when he said to me that he needed to do that, I'm like, you're gonna say anything like but he already wrote it so he wasn't gonna say that i light the angel's candle so that. but i remember we after we walked off the stage we went into the kitchen and put the boards down and i walked um i walked out out of the kitchen to walk the place was full it was christmas eve and i was walking back up in between the front section and the back you got that wider aisle mm-hmm. and to this day i don't know who it was but some older woman grabbed me by the arm and looked me in the face and she said thank you Hmm. And uh, her saying that changed my life hmm. in a lot of ways because it reali- it made me realize all this hurt 
God, God will use it for good, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, he, he is going to use it anything. for good, and he's not going to waste it. And he, you know, uh, was listening to Tasha and and her saying how hard it was for her to share it. It was like I was so happy when she did it when she said that, like told her story. I was so, yeah. I mean, I cried during that one. Mm-hmm. I cried during almost every one. I'm a crier, uh, <laughs> which know. is crazy because I <laughs> was never emotional. Um, but like I tear up all the time and it's, it's when I hear people talking about what God's and Jesus has done for the, for them and, and her story isn't gone wasted. I, I told Mike last night in men's group, I said, listen, like tell, let her know that like I have to have a conversation with, with somebody in my life that I'm 46 and I, I'm scared to have it, mm. but I know I need to. Yeah. And if 15 year old Tasha can have that conversation with her dad mm. at 15, yeah. like I, I, I can do this. And she encur- that encourages me. I know I need to have this conversation, when, and when I have right. the opportunity, I'm going to. Um, so that's what I think has been so great about uh, mm-hmm. this podcast. And, like, listening yeah. to even Eamon, like, I remember what they were going through. Man, that was tough. Yeah. And for him to be honest and vulnerable, um, that changes people. It changes other people because we know we're not alone. Right. And I think too many times uh, the enemy wants us to think we're all alone in, in our heartache mm-hmm. and yep. our struggle. Yep. And if we're not sharing it, how, then he has a stronghold on us. So I shared that. And then a few years later, uh, I shared uh, about my anger with my dad. And I remember sitting here one Sunday and Eric said, like, if Jesus, like, I, I mean, I had carried this anger for, I don't know, 15 to 15 years or more. Okay. Um, and G- Eric saying, like, if, if Jesus can if Jesus can forgive us, if God can forgive us for all the things that we've done wrong, what don't we have to be able to do that for somebody else? Mm. And I just, I mean, it's nothing I didn't hear before, but it was the first time that it hit home. And I remember that night I crying and praying and saying, Lord, I, I can't carry this anger at him anymore. Like I got to let it go because when my dad left, he was around here and there, but then he disappeared from the planet. Like I haven't had I haven't had any contact other than once in twenty five years. years. Mm-hmm. Um, he just disappeared and went and lived his life, and mm-hmm. so I was just angry. Like he left my mom in shambles. Um, my sister was younger; she was a mess. Uh, I got an older brother that's going, "Where's dad?" You know, because he doesn't understand. And so I was angry, and um, so I shared that one time at the communion table about how. God, uh, if I, if, if I, I had to let it go and I shared how I, and what I did. And I had that day, three or four guys in this church came up to me and said, Hey, like I'm with you mm-hmm. and, uh, started going out for, for dinner and coffee with some of them, uh, just to talk it. And that's kind of where the men's group kind of was, was born at the part that I run, help run or be part of because, I was like, there's a lot of guys that are in the same situation. Yeah. And we can't be, we're not alone, right? So we need to, we need to band together and carry that burden together. And uh, the enemy wants us to keep it locked down because then what we're going to do is go to things that we shouldn't be doing and treating people the way we shouldn't be treating and being bad husbands and and, and, and dads. Now, I got a lot of work I still need to do, but. Sure. Yeah. So that's how this church is, has, uh, has changed us and changed me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's changed. I mean, Jen as well. She'll, she'll attest to that. But. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah i love it here yeah we have things we need to obviously get better at we all do right just like Absolutely. the body yep. but um well, why don't you bring us back around too because i know you're very involved with the city of joy and what's going on out there why don't you talk a little bit about your role what how you got involved and <laughs> how that evolved it's another it's another starting point of what if oh no so no it was uh 2015 i went for the first time when we built a church i really had no desire to i love we love to travel like so if our hobby if like we'll travel <laughs> yeah because if i'm home i'm not good at just being at we're home we're not really good at not i, I work they're terrible. busy bodies they're absolutely okay. terrible i'm the exact i'm the exact opposite of them i natalia and i <laughs> yeah natalia and i will sleep all day and those two <laughs> will no oh no, you so we uh i'm not good at sitting around so if we if we're gonna do we're, we like to travel that's my thing so i was like well i guess i'll go because i mean africa sounds cool well they're also <laughs> right they're building a church like, and you do this yeah building i mean thing. but honestly I mean, it was like kind of made sense. i mean what am i gonna do like and ed keller kept saying chad you gotta come like you all your building experience well when i got over there i realized my building experience doesn't do anything over here these people aren't building anything like we build right yeah, uh, yeah. but we well, had been on mission trips to with our yeah. old ch- other church to rebuild um new In orleans, new orleans yeah. and, you know okay. did that kind of stuff okay. and um so but it was my first like so i was like ah i'll go I guess. Uh, well, might as well. What else do I have to lose? And there was, you well. wanted to take Quincy. So, so then we took uh, Jen's little cousin. Who's uh, from the orphanage. From the orphanage. Okay. So he was getting ready to graduate from high school, and we we're like, well, we can give him money, or like this he'll remember for the rest of his life. So we, yeah. we paid for him to go to, to Rwanda with me because he wanted to go to Africa. So he came with me, and, and so I don't know. There was like 12 of us, I think, from here that went. And... Uh, once I got there, I was like, wow, there's things that I actually can do. And Skip went on that trip. So Skip was also the one that was like, hey, let's go fix this. Let's go fix that. I'm like, all right. And so then the next year, we went, we went again. Uh, and then I just kept going. You had no intentions of going back. No, it was a one and done. And then oh, Skip was like, ah, let's go. They asked the people over there, they're like, hey, can you guys build a chicken coop? Yeah, we can build a chicken coop. So we went over and built a chicken coop. <laughs> and that's kind of how it started. And they're like, hey, we have all these toilets that don't work. Can you come fix the toilets? So Skip and I and uh, we'll go and just fix stuff. And then in 2000, I don't know, 17-ish, uh, uh, we were getting money from Grand Canyon, Grand Canyon University's grant, but we didn't... Uh-huh. Because it was starting to like morph into something way yeah. beyond what it was supposed to that be. That was that was seventeen because that was like right they were coming the, like right right before or after I went for the first time. Yeah, so yeah, so we started getting money from Grand Canyon University, but they were like, listen, this started as something small. It was a sewing school mm-hmm. for like twenty people, and now all of a sudden it's a school. Huh. And we're starting to get funds that were coming in, and Grand Canyon University was giving money, and so. They were like, you need a board of directors because we can't just hand money over to <laughs> just random, random people in the middle of Rwanda. So mm. you need a board. So the people who were uh, who started it, who were living over there, they asked me and Ed and Eric and Skip as as some of the original board members. And uh, so I was like, sure, 
well, what, how much work is that going to be? You guys live here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll be on the board. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so they asked us to be on the board. And then uh, stuff had started to materialize, uh, some things as organizations grow, uh, so do problems. And um, one thing led to another. And 2018 or ish, 19, I don't remember around exactly, but uh, the people who were running it decided we're moving home. Um, and the decision was kind of me like, hey, we're going to close this up and move on. And in God's. Yeah, they were, I think they were going to try to resurrect the sewing school, but they were going to close down the, the school. Like, kids. They're like, we can't live here. It's too much for us. I mean, granted, they had four kids yeah, all under the age of six. They're trying to raise them. Like, the closest anything is two and a half hours into the city away if you need anything. And it was hard. I mean, they're trying to raise kids, and they were like, but we can't run this. And by God's wisdom, and he knew ahead of time, like, if the board wasn't in pa- in place, like, mm-hmm. they may have been able to close it, but the board voted no. So they were like, okay, well, we're going to go home, and it's all yours. Which and, is uh, what is amazing about our church is yeah. that, you know, the church body stepped in and mm-hmm. said, like, this can't. Even though we have the church, the church and the school are still separate. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, our church community here said that that's, that's not okay, you know, that that school would be shut down. And, you know, just to know that there are people in this community that are okay stepping forth and being leaders to keep something alive that is thousands of miles away, that, mm-hmm. you know, it's just yeah. the goodness of God and... Yeah, so we uh, were stuck in this position of, oh my gosh, how are we going to keep this alive? Um, finances are tight. Um, and one thing led to another, and Eric started doing some interviews with people that were that they had given us some names and said, um, maybe this person would want to move over there, and maybe that person <laughs> would move over there. Who's moving to Africa? So, so we start doing <laughs> some interviews, and we're like, we, we kind of thought it was going to be this one couple. And then uh, John and Christy, that John was here a couple years ago to speak, uh, they kind of came out of the woodwork a little bit, like through Todd and Andrea, who had started it. And so John and Christy, um, they came to Africa, and they met Eric, myself, and Skip over there. Uh, We just had a week together. And uh, John was like, at the end of the week, he's like, yeah, I'm definitely on on board with this. But he goes, I don't think we need to live here. Hmm. I think we need to give it to them, but we need to be their support. And mm-hmm. we're like, well, it's better than <laughs> that's the only option we got right now. So let's do it, right? <laughs> so uh, we did. We started down that road and we transferred things. And I mean, when we went there in 2015, there was five classrooms. <laughs> um, right now, we have a full elementary school all the way up to sixth grade, uh, two cl- almost two classes, and three three preschool classes of starting at third grade all the way, third three years old, excuse me, all the way up to sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a secondary school, uh, and we just started yesterday building our first, will be the first two-story building in all of Gatagara. So, wow. Uh, we wow. started building that yesterday. So That's cool. Very to cool. see... Uh, to see it now and what's God's done with it um, 
and how he's used all of us it's kind of crazy and the group of people from all <laughs> like all over uh, yeah. that have made this happen it's it's kind of it's it's only it's the only way it's made is because God's showing everybody how big he is because honestly there's just no other way to describe it because John and I'll talk a couple times a week uh, and he's just like, I don't know, man. The money just keeps coming. I'm like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> like well, all of a sudden we're like, oh man, things. And then somebody will call and say, hey, we want to donate this, or mm. we somebody come and say, hey, we want to uh, we want to give you seventy thousand dollars towards that new building. Wow. Because we were like up against a deadline. Like if we don't get this building started, our kids are going to have to go to a different school because the government won't allow you to have temporary. Out, uh, like temporary classrooms mm. you have to have the finished structure you can't you can't and we're like well if it's not being started by the beginning of may there's no way it's going to be done for september and then i don't know where somebody says hey we'll we'll guarantee you the seventy thousand you need and uh mm. yeah Amen. so it's been pretty cool and fun to be part of and <laughs> like when we went over so they've all diego's been there twice natalia and jen's been there once and they're we're all going this summer again <laughs> And uh, yeah, our whole family, our my Jen's aunt and uncle, and her cousin, (laughs) and her parents are all gone. So there'll be nine of us. That's that's awesome. But like, yeah. So 2015, when I got on that plane for the first time, I never thought like that. Like (laughs) this summer would have never been a a possibility. So, but Natalia, when she went, she was. I said, "Well, what was it like?" The truck. She was. I can't believe how big it is. Hmm. She's like, "It's way bigger than I thought it was." Like everyone thinks it's a small little. But it's it's a giant, giant campus, giant facilities. Well, let's hear from Natalia. What, what did you when you were over there? You are not wanting to talk. I just know <laughs> it, which is why I'm all. I'm like, oh, you're 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 in. Um, what, what, tell us about your experience of of going over and and what that how that impacted you in your life. Um, well, the days that we were over there, it's there's not like a lot for you to do, but they let you go over there and help in some of the classrooms or you just like play with the kids so I think like yeah like I've seen a bunch of photos obviously like when my dad comes home and he tells us stories and I think I don't know why I just envision like maybe three classrooms Mm -hmm. but when you go over there it really it's like I don't know it's just it's really big and there's there's a lot of people there um I don't it wasn't like too it definitely like it's definitely like a culture shock definitely when you like are driving into the village because mm-hmm. it's definitely a culture shock when you're just in the city and there's just people everywhere and there's no like rules like people are walking <laughs> like if the, the traffic <laughs> is crazy like people are holding on to like they'll be in their moto and they're holding on to a big truck to get up a hill like, oh, there's nice. just no rules <laughs> there's just people everywhere <laughs> but like I guess when you're, like, in the school, I don't know why. I guess I thought it was just going to be, like, really different. But I guess when, like, when you're hanging out with the kids, it doesn't feel that different. It just feels like you're hanging mm. out with any other okay. kids. I don't know. I guess when they when they tell you you're going to go over there and help kids, it sounds more like it's going to be some sort of weird, like, charity volunteering yeah. work. But it's not. Yeah. It's just like you're hanging out with people. What's your favorite memory from being over there? Um, I they had me and John's daughter. We read to the kids, and then they do these um, 
if a kid answers a question right, they have these weird like <laughs> cheers for like each these other. Like little chants. It's, it's cute. And when we were like done reading, like she had the whole class like do it for us, and it was just really cool. Neat. Nice. All right, Diego, you're sharing. Well, tell us about your – you've gone twice. Yeah. Uh, so I went in 2017. Uh, I think Dad was just like, you're a teenager now. You're in between, what, 7th and 8th grade. You're going to be going to high school soon. I think this is going to be a really cool opportunity for you. And you're still living in Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, in case you didn't hear him, he said uh, I was – we were spoiled. We very much are spoiled. Uh, like uh, – I've seen my parents, like, I've seen my parents and, like, I remember being in my grandparents' basement mm -hmm. and having my grandpa pick me up from daycare or kindergarten and then watching, like, Scooby-Doo with him. Mm. And so, like, and then I, like, I saw, like, I have vivid memories of the house being built. And so I've seen, like, my parents uh, kind of rise and fall <laughs> and not... The sacrifices. Like, yeah, the sacrifices yeah. that they've made for us. And I've seen my, both of them grow. I remember, like, I have a few, few memories from living down in Philadelphia, and, um, like, just, li uh, like, my mom and I would have uh, dance parties when my dad was working late, and the stuff that they would be playing, even up until, like, before they moved uh, home in Bloomsburg, was, like, all, like, stuff that you'd hear at, it like... Wasn't we weren't dancing to, you know, it was like, contemporary it was like, Christian. Yeah, it was like Alicia. Oh, it was, it was it Sandy Patty. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. Sandy it was Patty. more like Alicia Keys and like Jay Z type stuff, yeah. like New York. Uh, we really stuff did New York get into clubs. Power ninety nine. Yeah, hip hop, rap, and R and B in Philadelphia. Like, I think that's where I found. Like, I'm so thankful for God for giving me the the family that I have, because, like, I never like. I never knew that I could was like gonna be good at music, but I always was raised being from like being raised with mom and dad and all our family. We're just a very, very, very musical family. Like we will at family get-togethers, we will just sometimes necessarily musically gifted. I was gonna say, what does Chad yeah. do with all this? Because <laughs> he's dead, he, he's, he's, we are he musical watches. in that we listen to music. We often we love to sing show tunes. Oh, uh, okay. We love broad. Um, gifts some have. Yeah. I do not share. I. It's an I experience. Like, we're performers. Yeah. yeah uh, they're performers. Maybe family. no one watches but us, but we perform to one another. So like, yeah. That's all that matters. So I've been raised, and I like recognize it now that a lot of my taste in music, because it's uh, it's directly from all of the different influences from them. So I'll listen to a little bit of stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then I also, like, on my playlist will range from the music that I found in middle school, which I enjoy. Um, and then, like, my grandpa, like, he always loved Motown. So I have a little bit of, like, Diana Ross and Supremes. <laughs> and, like, my, whenever we're at my uh, aunt and uncles, they always play old tunes, like, from, like, the 1930s. So I have, like, a whole playlist dedicated to that. And so, like, I think, like... Because of the family that I've been just with, they helped. God put me in that position to say, this is what I think you're going to, like, I know you're going to end up doing this. So I want to give you one of the most, like, diverse experiences and no matter, like, no matter what. And then being in the church, uh, I think I just, being in middle school, 
I think I kind of branched out into the music that I like, and then I found that. What is that music that you it's like? It's more electronic-y. Okay. The stuff you hear at, like, the festivals. And okay. mom and dad hear a lot. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> there's, in case you're wondering, there's a club at approximately 9 o'clock to 11 o'clock every night <laughs> and, uh, in Diego's room. I so have speakers. I have speakers from the church and donated from other people. <laughs> and when I crank them up... My the hundred year old house will shake. <laughs> yeah. But so if anyone's yeah. interested in a dance so like, party. <laughs> so like I've just been raised in a family of the arts. Like how some people are raised in families of like athletics or more mm-hmm. academics. Mm-hmm. I've just been raised and supported by that. And I think like I'm so grateful for that because I've always been told like, Oh, uh like you should totally be a musician. Like you will like do whatever and I'm I'm grateful for that, and I'm also I also saw their like I said their rise and fall, and I've seen how much they've grown spiritually. Uh, my parents, mm-hmm. like uh, like I was saying, they didn't used to listen to all WGRC, <laughs> and now we'll get in the car and we'll put on sermons or uh, uh, that radio station. So and in all of this, seeing how there's parents, how about you? How have you grown spiritually? Um, it's hard to say, I guess. Uh, I've definitely had a lot of my, sh- uh, my fair share of faults, uh, especially <laughs> in these, no, like just personal, like big personal we issues that we've had to deal with as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for me, uh, when I listened to the podcast and hearing my dad's story, uh, hearing his anger, like God definitely placed him with me, uh, and I know we haven't we haven't really talked about it a whole lot, but when I Natalia and I have different positions on being adopted, mm-hmm. uh, I'm kind of more of an open one. So like I am more curious about my uh, my birth family since uh, I was the youngest of five, I believe, uh, back in 2005. So I don't really know a whole lot about them, and so like I've always had questions of like why why me like why mm. was i the one that was kind of not given up but given the second opportunity at a better life mm. and i i think that just kind of just turned into like anger and i i don't really know how but it just kind of just bottled up over the years of just like oh a birthday passes by like i wonder if they're thinking of me or like mm. adoption day like just stuff like that or like even like holidays like christmas and easter I know my dad said he gets a little bit that way uh, around those holidays too, um, but just like hearing his story and like going uh, seeing his journey through, forgiving his dad and now talking to me about it, uh, I've uh, recently like over the past like year year and a half have been trying to come to terms with that, and it's just been a lot because I again it's been all bottled up for. 18 plus years now and uh yeah and that stuff has uh sin has taken over that in its fair share of ways and my high school last two high school years were kind of rough uh because of that and uh i think god has just given not only me but everyone in our family just perseverance and so what would you say you've learned about God's love and and in, in within your relationship and going through, especially the last two years, like I mm-hmm. I can understand 
and or what you're saying without even saying it where do you feel like your relationship with god is gotten you or and how has he gotten you through even the last two years especially as you're looking at mm-hmm. what you're what you're about to do come the fall he's definitely going uh looking forward to college and what i have in the future is definitely a lot more reassuring because i know that he has me because i have mm. been like i have been uh at the end of like myself in some really really bad situations um and i've just been like utterly like actually like utterly alone separated from like everyone and just had time to just think and i uh like last year was like that i always think of the toby mac song i'm i i'm not very good at like expressing myself through like my words but i like making uh references to like songs that kind of interpret like interpret it but i always think of the toby mac song where uh love broke through Mm. when he's talking about how he was the broken down pennsylvania dusty road where he like (laughs) just got on like his knees and stuff and that like that was over the summer between my junior and senior year and that happened and i just was just like finally like i am not okay and some of the stuff that i have the sin that has become of my anger and like me feeling the way i do about my birth parents and feeling a little bit alone and abandoned uh has like that's not good and i need to handle this and so i feel like coming in to the new season of my life i know that he's going to be here for me because mm. i know that he was there when i was like in the worst spot i could probably be in for a lot of people well he's amen good. amen he's good he also <laughs> yeah. had quite the example i mean seeing one of the things i've been, i've been doing in the youth group actually in the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. is about is god's plan like sometimes you have your own plan <laughs> And then God's got his plan. Mm -hmm. And you have, you're going to have two two choices, right? Mm -hmm. You either do your plan and fail, (laughs) but God will find you there and God will redeem that and God will never leave that. And he'll also get you back on his plan. (laughs) So, and and just, and just hearing it from every direction from you guys has just been, um, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's encouraging. And, um, I just uh, I really thank you guys for coming and sharing, <laughs> and this was a, a long one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. two parter. <laughs> it might be. Yeah, we. Uh, <laughs> this is just probably chapters one through ten. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You guys have we didn't even get into a lot of the stuff that we normally do, but that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, we definitely have to have you guys back on too, because especially as you get into college diego i'd love to hear how even on after semester one how it's going and god's got a i think god's got an amazing plan for you and i think you're gonna see you be used in ways that you didn't even think you're gonna be like man mike i can't believe god's using me this way you know he's definitely fought for me amen uh uh, like we've never really we uh, we've never mentioned this to anyone and it's been two years but uh two years ago like because because, like i always felt super 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 like like there's something missing and i found that stuff through like relationships Mm. with like uh 
people and especially like girls and that was where that was coming from and then so last year especially uh we went overseas to spain and there was another group and that kind of went off the rails and i got distracted uh and ended up in uh i ended up in trouble in <laughs> deep deep trouble uh and that's where i kind of just realized like i needed to change mm. and what i was doing was not healthy for me and was not healthy for others and not health and so that perseverance has come through school and everything that happened with that and uh yeah because of that stuff i've definitely felt him like it was just insane how the events unfolded and how everything kind of concluded mm. and it, there was no other way other than just god himself and the insane patience that my parents had and that uh that like i had i think learning to share my emotions and started going to like counseling for that mm. and like i can i can tell that he definitely has i don't know what i have no idea what i think it just shows that sometimes when you are in your darkest hour and even when you know you have made some really bad choices as you know the mm. bible is full of people and god allows us to read about those people who have made really bad choices yeah. but God shows us in his word and in our lives how he redeems our bad choices and how he will still use us and we can't ever think that we're not we're not usable because we're not worthy and we never will be but he loves us and he's going to let us be part of his plan if we let him and that's all about surrender and that's the hard part amen absolutely amen so um i will we will stop here and uh i again you guys thank you for coming on um brock usually does the clothes but brock is also running sound (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) so um i guess i'll do the beards out (laughs) 